0: Take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate. A dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. I'm Dr. Ray.
0: And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love marriage, and relationships.
1: Please check us out online on our Facebook page and Instagram at Couple Synergy or our website couplesynergy.com, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couples Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring your experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for nearly 20 years.
0: You know, everyone says you have to work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of with the partner they fell in love with.
1: On today's episode, Gene and I will be talking about stress,
0: mm-hmm.
1: stress and how it affects us individually and also how it affects our relationship. I think a lot of people are under a lot of stress right now.
0: You know, stress is actually good for us.
1: In certain ways. In certain ways. And in certain ways, it it can be detrimental.
0: Mm -hmm. It's really about how we manage stress. So if you think about your physical body, if you put it under pressure, like lifting heavy weights or going for a run, you get healthier.
1: You can get stronger, Mm -hmm. sure.
0: If you pick things up improperly, you can break yourself. (laughs) Right. So it's all in how you do it, right?
1: Well, yeah, it definitely is. I think we should talk about how the body responds stress. So when there's an immediate stress, we have uh, neurotransmitters, hormones that are excreted by our brain to help us deal with an immediate threat or immediate stressor. Um, Those neurotransmitters are like norepinephrine, epinephrine. They're very uh, short-acting type of neurotransmitters, which means that they dissipate very quickly in the body when that those chemicals go into the body or are excreted by the brain into the rest of the body, what happens is that it accelerates our heart rate, accelerates our respiration, uh, increases blood pressure, and shuts down all non-essential bodily functions. Kind of shunts all of those resources to the areas of the body that are needed to get away from the stressor. All right, So, blood to our, our core, blood to our, our muscles to either fight, flee, or freeze. And those are the three responses that the brain has towards a threat.
0: So if you think about a deer eating some grass in a meadow, and she looks up and there's a wolf. And she obviously sees that as a threat, so she runs away. And once she gets away, she goes through this other process of letting those stress chemicals be released from the body and going back to homeostasis. So her body, again, begins repairing cells and digesting food and ovulating and all of the other things that our body does to stay healthy and stay alive. And
1: our, our bodies respond the same way. You know, if a bear jumped out of the bushes, you know our body would respond exactly in the same way. Either we're going to fight against the, the threat or we're going to run away from it. Or freeze or play dead, right? And all those chemicals in our body that help us deal with that immediate stress dissipate. They go away once the threat is gone and once we have dealt with that threat. Now, if we are dealing with a long term threat, well, long term stress, let's
0: say it this way if you are not being chased by a bear and you're not freezing to death or starving to death, or about to fall off a cliff, your life is not in danger. If the stress is emotional, your body's going to react exactly the same way as if you're physically in danger. And that's what you're talking about, that long term. right? It's not, it's not a real threat to your physical body. It's emotional. Well,
1: in, in our society today, our, our brain has kind of superimposed that response, that stressor response to just about everything. And we get a bill in the mail and our brain is responding as if a bear has jumped out of the woods, Mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, now with what we are dealing with, you know, as a society, this shelter in place and, you know, this threat of a virus.
0: And an uncertain future.
1: And an uncertain future, our body, our brain definitely is responding to that threat and that stressor by excreting all of those those chemicals. Right.
0: Our body really likes homeostasis. It likes to be around the same temperature and doesn't like extreme things. And so the more it does that is repetitious, the less stress it has. So if you're sleeping in the same bed and you're going through your routine in the morning and all of that, you have to think a lot less. And right now, everyone's routines have been disrupted. And Absolutely. so we have to take more energy just to figure out what we're doing. And that's but, what that's what's really causing the stress that we're under right now.
1: And, you know, the, the neurotransmitters, the chemicals I was talking about that are short-acting, once they dissipate, because they're short-acting, the, the brain or, or the body actually kicks in to excrete a different kind of chemical, right? The adrenal glands, which sit over the kidneys they start to excrete uh, cortisol. And cortisol is a long, long-acting long uh, hormone to deal with a long-term stressor. And cortisol has the same kind of effect that norepinephrine and epinephrine has, um, shunting a lot of the resources to the core and to the, the parts of the body that are needed in order to get away from the, the threat. And because of that, it has these kind of long-term side effects uh, especially if you know it stays in the body for a long period of time it starts to affect our digestion system it starts to affect our cardiovascular system and so this is where people can have high blood pressure or they can start having digestion problems um, because of the impact of cortisol
0: or adrenal fatigue weight gain anxiety all of those kind of things are going to happen. You know, we're kind of designed like that. If you were exploring a cave and a boulder fell on you and you were trapped down there, you wouldn't have to wait like 100 years before you would die, right? It's going to make you die much faster so that you can get out of pain. But when we have this long-term stuff, if we don't do countermeasures, we literally are going to get sick from that. So one of the things that is different for human beings in the last few years is our smartphones. Our smartphones bring us information, where before, if we wanted information, we had to go find it. We would have to go to a library and look something up. We would have to turn the TV on to watch the news. constantly bringing you information, information, information. We're not designed to process all that information. And so we're always on this level of sort of hyper alert. And if you don't believe me, try not touching your phone for about five hours. And, and just be really conscious of how many times you reach for it.
1: And how much, how conscious you are about worrying about who is trying to get a hold of you and who is trying to let you know about some information, right? It's almost like there is this withdrawal period that we all have to go through here. You know, it's a withdrawal of overload of information.
0: If you would go and sit in your backyard... And just watch how things move, right? So there's wind, there's sound, there's birds. If you're lucky, you might have frogs or something else. And you'll you'll notice there's a lot of movement, but it's very slow and it's um, almost rhythmic as opposed to the glaring stuff of artificial.
1: Yeah, I remember, you know, when we did that hike in 2016 on the John Muir Trail. we were out there for 20 days, you know, you, your body, your, your brain, your emotions start to align with nature all around.
0: Right. You're aware of the sun. Right. Rising and setting.
1: Right. And, and our body would, you know, we would wake up with the sunlight and we would, you know, start to go to sleep with, you know, the sunset.
0: Yeah. Because it was really cold out too, once the sunset. So we were in our tents by 8 o'clock every night. We tried to stay up and watch the stars sometimes, and we couldn't do no, it. No, it was way too cold,
1: mm-hmm. or you were fatigued. And so you we adjusted to the world, to the earth, you know, and to the environment that was surrounding us. And it was a much more natural way of living. Mm-hmm. And I remember coming home after that 20 days being out there, and how shocking it was. Yeah right there was, right. it was such it was almost like there was a um like a depression mm-hmm. that I felt coming back because everything was happening around us so quickly. it was such people that were were talking to us, it just seemed so loud, you know to me, and all the media and the radio and just it's it's constant, this constant buzz that was happening,
0: yeah, we lost our tolerance to it, and I think we're all sort of in a place where we're in constant arousal state, right? And it feels normal, but you see so many people with anxiety and depression, so many, you know, and I think that um, when we feel that way, we, it drives us more into doing unhealthy things, <laughs> eating, drinking, spending too much time on our devices, all of those things that don't make us feel better, well, they make us feel better in the immediate moment, but long-term, they don't.
1: Right. So a lot of people think that if they're going to deal with stress or stress relief, um, you know, they, they would sit in front of the TV.
0: Right. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. I have
1: seen people say, oh, I, I killed Netflix or I finished Netflix. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it's anyway, they went through every single program on Netflix. And I mean, that is, for me, it's actually draining yeah to sit in front of the tv to sit in front of you know shows it, it it you think you are being relaxed or you're relaxing but actually you are tuning into what is happening in the show and so if there's you know violence or action or you know car chases whatever it, your heart rate your respiration your mood everything is aligning with what is happening in that program and so you're not really able to relax
0: And your mind doesn't know the difference between watching something and actually experiencing it. So you still have to process all of that information and all the stress chemicals that are produced with that. The other thing I think that it impacts us is we have this ability to get very conscious about how we create our future. And so when you put energy and, and focus and time and attention towards something, if you continue to do that, you'll make that thing happen, right? I remember as a little kid, sometimes I would... Um, fake being sick to not go to school. And then I wind up with headache.
1: (laughs) Would you put the thermometer in the, uh, on the light bulb and just heat it up? (laughs) No,
0: but you know, it's like you, you talk yourself into things, you know, that's placebo effect. And, um, and so what we, what we watch, I think it's really interesting how, like, especially shows like Star Trek that had these weird concepts in it are now part of our world. Right. Yeah. Like our devices. Right. Those were all concepts, facts, machines. And I mean, we haven't gotten to the point where the beam me up thing, but people are I, working on it. <laughs> so that's the kind of thing when you have an idea, you can actually bring it into reality. And so I think it's important to um, have some hygiene around what you are focusing on. Right. So if you focus on all the violent stuff, you're going to feel like the world's a really crappy place.
1: If you focus on all of the COVID concerns mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and worries, you know, and speculations, then you can definitely increase your worry and anxiety about what is happening. I mean, obviously, you know, you, you don't want to walk around this world being oblivious. I mean, that's not what we're talking about here, right? But what we're talking about is is finding that truth inside and Being hyper-worried and hyper-stressed, that is not truth.
0: And there's a lot more opinion out there than there is facts. So you can hear stuff, and it sounds right, but it isn't because someone just has a thought or feeling about stuff. And it's really easy for us to jump to conclusions like that, Um, and it makes sense, but it's probably false. And I think that that is a really big thing with this COVID is nobody really knows. There's no one st- studied it. <laughs> it just showed up, you know.
1: The, I, I like this example that I, I use with, with my clients, and that is um, in the movie uh, Zorro with Antonio Banderas. Um, Anthony Hopkins is teaching him how to deal with threats, right? And he draws this, like, big bullseye. Um, in the ground right he kind of marks it off and he says in this center circle this is where you have the most control and then as you go out in these concentric circles you lose more and more control and so you know when we're talking about stress and anxiety and worry there's only so much you have control of and that's within the, this immediate circle you know of our lives and then as we start to move out and we start looking at you know the town that we're in or the or you know the city, the state, the the country. We are we lose more and more control. And if we try to project our own worry and stress onto those things that we don't have control of, then it just leaves us feeling more helpless and more powerless.
0: And actually, when you are farther out from that center circle, you have natural defenses, right? And so constantly our bodies are adjusting and um, combating other people's germs or whatever they're bringing towards us when we have normal interactions with people. And our bodies are great at that. We have these wonderful immune systems that can pretty much handle lots and lots of stuff. But now we've all been isolated from that. So you think about what that does to your body and even, you know, not socializing, it does something energetically like to your emotions and stuff. And so now when we do go and talk to people it's more draining than it used to be like. It's like a muscle that we're not using. And so that's another part of the stress is we get, we have atrophy happening. You know, if you sit around long enough, you lose all your muscle. That's atrophy. And the same thing is true emotionally and mentally. And so some of the things that you can do to combat all these things that are going on right now, learn. You know, read read things that are a challenge or things that you don't have experience about. Because that's going to create more pathways in your brain that's going to keep your mind sharp and strong.
1: You know, that, that's an interesting point. You know, read, read things, you know, in order to learn. I've actually found myself reading about, you know, fiction, fiction books, but fiction books that were, were based on some type of pathogen, some type of pandemic that is going on, you know, in the world. And, you know, I started to question why I was doing that. And in fact, I, I think in a way I was doing that just to kind of take back more control. Actually to understand more and so that it actually lowered my sense of worry. Right? Because it was all about this fantasy and then in comparison to that fantasy that's presented in the fiction book, you know, I'm taking a look at this world, this, this reality is happening around us and it doesn't seem as scary actually.
0: How close is it to... to what's really going on pretty close. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Pretty close. I mean, a couple of the books that I've read, I mean, it's, it's kind of, uh, eerie how close it is.
0: So another awesome thing, which might be a little bit more difficult to do, but humor,
1: (laughs) humor is huge. Yeah. You know, in order to combat a very powerful emotion like worry and, and stress, you have to use an equally powerful emotion such as humor.
0: So one of the things that we've been doing since the beginning, since March 16th, is we've been doing daily meditation, but before we get to the meditation, we have been doing a little skit.
1: <laughs> so a little to speak. Funny skit,
0: yeah. And you know, we dress up in something and and act like fools, and it's really funny and it actually goes so well with meditation because we're all laughing, which clears your mind out. It, it releases some yummy chemicals and you're you're just being silly and then that helps you get into a place where you can focus your mind and meditate which is another thing where we would highly recommend is meditating meditation allows your brain chemistry to sort of neutralize and it's like a little clearing away of a clean slate so to speak and so all this stuff that you might have unconsciously even been stressed and worried about, it kind of soothes all that. And then you get to start again. Right.
1: Absolutely. Right. It it boosts serotonin, you know, it lowers uh, dopamine and those neurotransmitters are, you know, directly, directly affects our alertness, you know, and so meditation helps kind of calm that down. It is not easy though. Mm -mm. Okay. (laughs) It's very, it's very difficult. It is something that everyone struggles with when they first start to practice it.
0: Yeah, and these meditations that we're doing, they're really about 10 minutes long on Sundays. They're 30 minutes long. We do long ones on Sundays, but we're just talking about a really short period of time. And you can really notice the benefits of that, of taking this little break in your day. And if you want to find any of our meditations, they are on our YouTube channel, Couple Synergy YouTube right. channel. They are on our Couple Synergy Facebook page and Lighthouse Emotional Wellness Center's Facebook page.
1: Correct. Yes.
0: Um, yeah. And it's not a lot of time. We're not talking about, you know, becoming a guru and no, sitting and meditation all day. we're talking about 15 minutes, really.
1: 15 minutes a day. Just starting your day off with that. Um, that is the best thing, number one best thing that you can do right now to combat that stress or worry or anxiety you might be having. Um. Just to talk a little bit about how stress is going to affect your relationship. Well, obviously, if you're struggling with it inside, then you are going to project that onto your partner. Absolutely.
0: Going back to the hike, you know, we noticed these patterns of behaviors that we would go through. And the first one was, when something goes wrong, blame your partner.
1: Right, <laughs> which we did.
0: And if you think about that, when you were a little kid and you were frustrated, you took it out on your mom maybe your dad sometimes, but mostly your mom. And you know, you see this with kids that are like two years old and they're just melting down and they're kicking and screaming and that's their safe person to go to, to get soothed. But before they get soothed, they're having a tantrum. And you know, we don't change all that much. We just transfer that to our partner as we get into adult relationships. And so it's really (laughs) a challenge and important to not take that personally, right? If you're Partner is having a meltdown, um, it's going to feel really personal and you can dive into that with them and start a big fight, which that is really normal. People do that and they'll be like, I don't even know what we were fighting about. And sometimes it is it is a way to release stress to, you know, when you go through an anger thing and you dump in all that testosterone and you go, mm-hmm. it, it then settles down and you can feel better. It, that's why anger is addictive because it also produces the same type of chemistry, the dopamine system, right? The yeah. reward-pleasure response.
1: And epinephrine and norepinephrine. Mm-hmm. You know, it. remember and keep in mind that anger is a secondary emotion, which means that there are primary, more vulnerable emotions that occur first. right? Primary emotions like um, sadness or fear hurt. or hurt, insecurity. Those, those emotions are very uncomfortable. And when we feel it, we, we want to get rid of it. We want to avoid it, right? We want to distract ourselves from it. Uh, anger comes in to protect us from feeling that, those emotions. So it's kind of like an armor. And so a lot of times if your partner is coming at you with this anger... You know, if you are able to not take that personally and able to see through that that armor and see what's underneath, you're going to realize that your partner's hurting or is afraid of something, right? And they're just, they're really, they don't know what to do with those really uncomfortable emotions and it, they are projecting that. They're kind of taking all that out on you.
0: There's a really cool sculpture. If you search for Burning Man Child Sculpture. It's this it's these two people sitting back to back on the ground like they're both really depressed and sad and it's made of wire. And then inside are these lit up children that are reaching towards each other. And so whenever your partner is having a meltdown, it really is their little person inside of them that's hurt or scared that wants soothing just like the two-year-old does, right? But they're kicking and screaming, so you want to run away from them. (laughs) But if you can lean into them and, and not take it personally and help soothe them, it'll strengthen your bond. And then you can have a real conversation about what was that, you know?
1: Yeah. Learning to connect with what your partner is feeling deep down inside and where it's coming from that is really the biggest challenge. And that's really where healing actually takes place in a relationship. You know, if we just stay at the surface and just fight out, you know, this 15% that is above the water, right? If you use an uh, iceberg analogy,
0: like who's doing the dishes,
1: then it just, (laughs) right. It's just a surfacey argument. And the real issue actually is not addressed. Right. And so if your partner's coming at you right now with anger and, and, frustration and all of that. Take some time to to kind of drop your guard and truly understand and explore what it is that your partner's feeling deep down inside. You know, is there, you know, are they having more worry right now about everything going on? You know, are they thinking about their parents? Are they thinking about, you know, your kids? You know, are they feeling fear about the future and about money or about their career? You know, all of those things are happening. They're, they're facts that are happening. And how we are reacting to them, that is an individualistic thing.
0: If you think about being around a small child that has a fear of monsters under the bed, you wouldn't just say to them, shut up and go to sleep. There's no such thing. Right? And when your partner is upset, you want to kind of treat them the same way. Like you would go in and you would hold them and calm them down and tell them everything's going to be okay, and you would actually pretend like you believed them. Oh, there's monsters under the bed? Let's go tend to this problem, right? And so you get out your monster spray, and you spray out under the bed and, you know, maybe in the closet just in case a monster got in there, and you apply this emotional first aid to this child and soothe them, and then they can go back to sleep and overcome whatever that imaginary fear was as adults, it's not necessarily imaginary, but it's probably past. It's, it's history that's coming up for healing. And that's why it's really important not to take it personally and to hold the position of the parent to your partner's inner child. And that way you can start a process of healing and a really deep connection.
1: Just think about when was the last time that you, you actually soothed your partner? because they were going through something like maybe you gave them a hug maybe you held them you know maybe you caressed their head you know touch their head or hold their hand right because they're going through something difficult
0: so take some time and be careful with your partner everyone's stressed out take a deep breath and figure this out together
1: We want to wholeheartedly thank you for joining us. And for all you listeners today, thank you for joining us and listening to Couple Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners.
0: We hope that by listening to this episode today, it was not only beneficial for your life, but also your relationship.
1: For all you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs, such as Relationship 101, the Couples Weekend Intensive that is hopefully going to be this October.
0: October and 15th our, through 18th. Yes,
1: our premier program called Couple to Couple. Look us up online at couplesynergy.com.
0: And if you know someone that can benefit from this episode, please download it and share it.
1: Yes, please. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love.
0: You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez.